1: If the roar of the crowd gives you goosebumps, cashing a slip makes you grin, and above all, you love making your bookie cry, then you're in the right place. The number one spot for premier betting advice and wild opinions. Shared with a fan base like no other. Welcome home. This is the Punch List MMA Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dale Lippin and Trey Van Buskirk. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into the newest edition of the Punch List MMA podcast. It's your boy, Dale Lippin, in here, hanging out. I say this every week, man, but it doesn't change, at least not very often. My partner in crime, my sidekick, the Robin to my Batman, the Wonder Woman to my Aquaman, Trey Van Buskirk. How are you, man?
0: Robin Hood and Wonder Woman. We're going that route. So
1: I say, did I say Robin Hood or I say Robin?
0: What's the difference?
1: we talk about Robin hood is the Prince of thieves (laughs) and it's like a completely different thing. And then Robin is, uh, the boy wonder
0: dude, I'm moving a little slow. I, uh, I know this past weekend we were stating our independence, but I am, I am today stating my independence from alcohol. I, uh, I got wasted.
1: I did too. Um, so my plan was, um, 1776, right? So I was going to have 17 beers over the course of, seven to six hours or six to seven hours oh. and I I superseded it I went I went I went full George Orwell I went 1984 man <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> I was, this was 2001 a space odyssey man I was I had a great day bro it was it was a good day it was yeah good day. see I, I didn't
0: stay stateside I didn't stay domestic dude I went international waters I went with a lot of
1: tequila oh crushed me Okay. Yeah, I just went beer, man. I went beer and a lot of it. So, safe to say, I'm feeling it now. Um, I've essentially, you know, everything fit a little bit tighter today at work. Uh, the face is a little bit redder than it normally is, you know. Um, the digestive system is a, is a mess. Um, took, took a good, uh, 30 minute long bathroom break on the company dime today because your boy, that first cup of coffee hit your boy and it was bad (laughs) news bears, bro. Let me tell you, uh, there's nothing like pounding 20 beers and then drinking some coffee the next day. It is, it's a mess, bro.
0: Dude, I hope you retained all that protein from Stay Classy, though.
1: You know what? I tried. I tried the best I could. Um, I actually have some leftover ribs in front of me right here because uh, Tuesdays, as you know, in my house are an absolute whirlwind. So normally what we're doing is I'm sucking down dinner right before we go live, even though it's 930 at night because it's the only time I get to eat after I get all the kids laid down. So, yeah, it was interesting, man. It was an interesting, uh, interesting Fourth of July, and we're trying to make the best of it right now. I currently have... Um, put my phone away so you don't get all the, the buzzing alerts here. I've got, got quite a bit of money on this Phil Mickelson, um, Bryson DeChambeau match right now. So I'm, I'm I'm trying, I will give this, this podcast, my undivided attention, but my wallet is currently, uh, has the attention elsewhere.
0: That sounds good. That sounds good. Well, for those that celebrated 4th of July in style, I hope you truly did it in style. Mm. Dale. Guys, the most American day, the most American company. Mm. If you're not aware, be aware. Allegianceclothing.com. Guys, go check it out. I'm rocking one of their shirts right now. Epic fit. I did drink a lot. I ate too much, but the tapered fit makes your boy still look in shape. Oh, you're rocking it too. Yeah, bro. Come on. Well, you probably went on Allegianceclothing.com. You typed in that code punch and you got 15% off site wide.
1: Here's how off my game I am. I didn't even realize you were leading me into an ad read there. Just and I didn't even do an ad read. I literally just talked about what I ate.
0: And talking the- about shitting on a company dime, dude. Yeah,
1: I really did. So yeah, if you go to if you go <laughs> to freaking stay classy meets and use promo code PUNCH, you can save ten percent on the entire thing. Or no, fist. Sorry. Dude, I'm a mess right now. We're using fist, we're saving ten percent. This is this is not a preview of things to come. I promise this the rest of the this show will run a will run like a well oiled machine.
0: You know what it is? It's like it's like we're, we're like one of those small time plays and we have an opportunity to go on Broadway right now. And yeah. we know it our Broadway, UFC two sixty four, one of the biggest cars maybe of the year. And yeah. we're already fumbling, dude.
1: I don't think we're fumbling, but uh, we're off to a rocky start, you know, forgot (laughs) (laughs) came out with our jersey on backwards, but we'll get it together. It's no no big deal, man. It's no no big deal whatsoever. Uh, Some housekeeping stuff this weekend. We will be doing a joint episode uh, with the Run It Back boys. We're doing a Hot Ones challenge. We're going to try to get Dober Mm -hmm. locked on for that. And then we have two punch list alum fighting on this card and not only are they fighting on this card but they are fighting each other and and you and i are on opposite ends of this so spoiler alert if you know who these people are that will be the people's main event tonight
0: absolutely Absolutely.
1: all right do you want to just we've got a heavy card here this thing is thicker than a snicker do you want to get on it or what do you want to do
0: let's do it Let's All dive right,
1: right in. We're gonna dive right into it. All right, first fight on the main card. I, I don't know why this is on the pay-per-view portion, but I kind of do. Your boy, Sugar Sean O'Malley, at 13 and one, taking on Chris Moutinho. Moutinho's at nine and four. Uh, pretty much an unbeddable fight here, as far as I'm concerned, unless you really hate Sean O'Malley enough to go against him. Sean O'Malley would probably be the most utilized parlay piece. Of the evening, I would imagine minus nine hundred against Montina here at plus five fifty over under on, on rounds. Is it one and a half? What do you? How do you feel about this? This should be a fight that Sean O'Malley wins. Um, there was an infinite number of more suitable suitors, suitable suitors that uh, rose to the occasion and tried to throw their hat in the ring, and it appears that Team O'Malley said, "Now nah, let's give my boy another highlight."
0: Question: When you have when you got a minus nine hundred here, are the props? Are you getting any fair prices on that? Sean O'Malley by KL, obviously everyone's seeking that. Where can you get that right now?
1: Oh, man, I'm honestly I'm not sure, but that's the kind of that's the kind of stuff you want to look for when it comes mm-hmm. to something like this, especially when on a, a fight where there appears to be a predetermined outcome. Right? You either go against the grain or you cut with the grain on that, depending on how much you. Like or dislike the person, or or how I don't know. I guess you'd say how how risky you want to be with your money. As as it stands right now, the book that we do not speak of only has props out on the Poirier versus Connor fight. Usually, other fight props show themselves sometime around the Thursday to Friday mark. So we can always circle back and update that. But I would be looking at O'Malley by knockout. Even then. You're going to get a more digestible number, but it's not going to be fun. You're still probably looking at the minus 200 range, minus 250 for O'Malley by KO.
0: You know, it's never the worst thing to take a couple dollars and throw it on the gray horse, you know. you know, yeah. It might not be the favorite, but you never know. Sean O'Malley, as much as he's going to be switching stances, being as flashy as possible, make it the, you know, the sugar show at the end of the day, um, he should get it done. Crazier things have happened. I will say, you go back and watch Chris's fights. The dude comes to fight, um, yeah. he's super competitive. And if you want to, you know, conspiracy theory, if he comes in and looks super lackluster, maybe Sean O'Malley's team paid him off to get that little can looking pretty horrible. I don't
1: yeah, know. I don't know. I mean, boy, at this point, you know, if you're going to pay somebody to to throw a fight one way or the other, it's gonna be it's it's gonna be an opportunity to make more money than a plus five hundred. Um, if we're looking at, you know, if, if I'm looking at the most likely fixes in kind of fight, I'm looking for somebody that's fighting Kayla Harrison or something like that, something where you can get absolutely stupid money. Another great opportunity. If you were to talk about throwing in, you know, or putting a fix in the clay Collard versus Anthony Pettis was a good opportunity <laughs> for you. Cause clay collard was a sizable underdog there. He was probably, I don't know if he was in the plus five fifty range, but there weren't a whole lot of people outside of. Uh, diehard clay collared stands that were giving him much of a chance in that fight. And he went out and, and performed rather well against Anthony Pettis and got that W. I, I'm not touching Chris Montino here. I, ha- I have no desire to, to, to play him, not even out of the spite that I, sh- I have in my heart for Sean O'Malley's team. Sean O'Malley himself doesn't seem like that terrible of a guy, a little bit annoying, but personal attacks aside, he's a very talented fighter. He should beat a guy like Chris Montino. He should. Um, and I expect him to and i don't have a price point that i think that that's going to be um that's going to be palatable for me cuz i don't want him to come out and do the whole i'm a cat playing with my food thing right i hate right. that i hate that
0: right. this is it's a scary spot regardless though it's still it's a stay busy fight he wants those pay-per-view points yeah. and i think the biggest thing and the most intriguing thing is going to be the post fight speech where he talks about you know maybe dismissing the haters why he didn't choose Ricky Simone. It wasn't the weight, you know, Oh, were there other wrestlers that he didn't want to partake in? He took a can. He's getting a can. Hopefully he finishes it flashy and puts another can in his record.
1: See, that's the thing though, is I don't think it's fair to call Moutinho a can, and I'm not trying to correct you. I don't think it's, I mean, the guy's nine and four as a professional fighter. The problem is he's just not at the skill level, at least that we see that we've seen as Sean O'Malley. To me personally, coming from the boxing world, a can is a guy with a near 500 record that loses fights that he should win. Um, And Chris Montino has shown himself to be very competitive on a regional circuit against quality competition. Is it UFC caliber? No. Is this a fight that Sean O'Malley should easily win? Yes. But cans are the guys that Michael Venom page beats, not the guys that Sean O'Malley has beaten thus far. Now, Montino could come out there and just look like a heated up bag of dog shit, and I'll eat my words. Um, but you know the the biggest thing with with O'Malley is is I know with with some fighters it was they wanted more time. Some fighters they wanted the weight. Sometimes other fighters they wanted O'Malley to come up ten pounds or five yeah. pounds or catch weight. There was quite a few people that couldn't make their arrangement on such short notice, but there were some that wanted it as well. So, right again. Team O'Malley saw fit. This guy stepped up. I hope he gets it done. He'll change his life forever if he can get a W. I hope hope he changes his life forever. Um, It already has changed his life forever because now people know his name, and I guarantee you even after this O'Malley fight, as long as it doesn't turn into a – who's the kid that quit on his stool a year ago (coughs) against Austin Hubbard? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Max Roshkoff?
0: Yeah, Roshkoff. That's right, yeah. Yeah. As
1: long as this doesn't turn into a Roshkoff situation – He'll get another fight in the UFC. They'll probably make it something a little bit more palatable for him, something he probably has a better chance if this one's not as competitive, something more akin to his skill level, and maybe he'll be able to stay on the roster for a little bit. It's already changing his life, but I hope the best for him moving forward. All right. Absolutely. Next fight. <clears throat> Irene Aldana taking on Yana Kunitskaya. Kunitskaya at a plus 100, uh, Irene Aldana at a minus 120. Am I see, am I getting that right? Mm-hmm. Uh and then we're looking at records being <clears throat> Kunitz Kai is at the four, at fourteen and five mark, and Aldana is at twelve and six. I'll let you go first on this one, man, because you already know where I'm going right off the rip.
0: <laughs> hey, this is this is as close to a pick'em as you're gonna get, though, and you're still gonna go underdog. I'm taking yes, it. yes, it's science. It is science. Um, you know, Yannick, she's an output striker. She doesn't she doesn't cover up that well. Here's the thing. I'm gonna go back to some previous fights you go into a caitlin vieira fight she comes in way smaller i thought caitlin could like wrestle her to death and you know yana's got good takedowns. she she can wrestle when she needs to but obviously yana proved me wrong she was able to outmuscle uh caitlin a little bit irene if you recall she fought caitlin as well but KO'd her she was on the uzman covington card mm-hmm. i think that irene's a little bit Interesting. She's not a Chukagan type fighter, but she is long. She is lanky. She can utilize that reach. I think that could pose some concern, but the thing is, unless you're going to get someone that's going to outmuscle Yana, I think Yana is elusive enough. She has good footwork. She can mix in takedowns. She can you know, pick her shots where she wants. And I think she's the more complete fighter. So I'm going to go Yana. I think this is going to be a very boring fight. I think Yana by decision is a good play if you want to get a little bit more value, but that's kind of where I'm falling.
1: My big thing with Kunitskaya is that the skill level in women's MMA, and we've talked about this pretty extensively. The, sk- the skill level in women's MMA. When they talk about there being levels, there's definitely levels to when it comes to skills in women's MMA. And one of one of the hardest skill sets I think that other women have a hard time offsetting is the grinder, right? Mm-hmm. The chick that is physically imposing, that can that can force their will on you, that can hold you down, hold you against the cage and maybe just outwork you, even if they're not doing a, do- a ton of damage, but just can work harder than you're working. And Kunitskaya, for all... Um you know, whatever the pomp and circumstance, the little LaFemme Nikita, Foxy, Yana, Kunitz, kind of, she is a grinder. Right. She's not afraid to bleed. She's not afraid to be in a right. super ugly, boring fight. She does not care no. if you th- if you think she's boring at all. She will hold you against the cage. Mm-hmm. She'll drag you down. She'll pepper punch you to death until you make her work harder than that. And if you can't, you're in for a 15-minute slow waterboarding on pay-per-view or live TV, wherever you're at on the bout order. Kunitskaya does not care. She fights every fight exactly the same. She'll start out at range. She'll throw the jab to close the distance. She'll rush you. She'll push you up against the cage. She'll try to get behind or underneath the hips and drag you to the ground. It's going to be the same thing with Aldana. Same thing. And don't forget, Aldana's coming off a knee injury. So what's her movement going to look like? What's her lateral movement going to look like? Is she going to be able to cut angles and get off the center line and be active with her hips and escape a chick like Yana Kunitskaya? I feel like Yana Kunitskaya is a higher level Roxanne Modafari. I will bet Kunitskaya against absolutely, not absolutely everybody, but just damn near about everybody else because her skill set, while not great, gives most women fits. And I do not believe that Aldana despite having the win over uh Vieira like you said, I'm not All the way sold on her yet. I need more quality wins. You know, I like Aldana a lot. I think she's very talented, but a grinder. When it comes to women's MMA, bro, it's hard for me to, especially at plus money. I I really, I really enjoy that a lot. Um, So I'm staying. I'm staying with the science. I'm staying betting women's underdogs, regardless. But also because I wholeheartedly believe that Yana Kunitskaya is going to win this fight, not just because. The tongue in cheek thing that we have where we bet women's underdogs every time.
0: No, no, no. She's, I think she's a more complete fighter um, yeah. through and through.
1: Yeah. Her striking's okay. not as clean, but I think that she can win the fight anywhere. And she's going to be physically stronger and has a more imposing style. She, now, if she gets cracked, we'll, we'll, we'll see because she does get busted up in fights, but we'll see. We'll see. Well,
0: and plus, I mean, how daunting, dude. You look across the cage and you see your hubby, Tiago Santos, with that big fucking hammer of Thor. On his cage side, I mean, I'd freak out. I wouldn't, I'd be nervous.
1: Yeah, but see, that's just it, though. She's, she should be used to what it's like being in that scared situation then. If you've got, if you've got that behemoth around you all the time, you got to be 100%. comfortable and be comfortable in the uncomfortable. You know what I
0: mean? <laughs> 100%. Yeah. All right,
1: man. Tie to at 12 and three, taking on Greg Hardy at seven and three. To at a minus 130. Greg Hardy plus 110. The Prince of War, Greg Hardy. Um, Let's talk about this one objectively. Let's do something different here. Let's mm-hmm. set aside the hate for Greg Hardy and let's talk yeah. about this fight the way... As if as if we don't... It's going to be tough. As if we don't despise Greg Hardy. Let's yeah. talk about it normally. Um, do you want to go first here you want me to do it?
0: Uh, fuck Greg Hardy. Yeah, sorry. You go first.
1: Okay. All right. So I yeah. think that tied to Voss is going to present some problems for Greg Hardy here. I don't. Now, that being said what makes me nervous what makes me nervous is that greg hardy um does a couple things that will give a guy like tuivasa something to think about and with tuivasa my my concern with him becomes he i don't want to say he doesn't take people seriously but i don't know how serious he takes himself right like he's a slugger, he's a brawler, he's a fan favorite, he wants to have a good time. Greg Hardy, on the other hand, appears to be, for all intents and purposes, on a mission to prove to people that he's a legitimate martial artist. Mm -hmm. And a win over a guy who was formally ranked, um, if I'm not mistaken, at one point, Tuivas was in the top 15 before the Mm -hmm. release and bring back or whatever that was. Um, For a while there, Tuivas looked like the next big thing um this is a great chance against legit competition for greg hardy to show how he's progressing like this is the level of progression that you want to see with a guy like greg hardy they're slowly bringing him up the volkov fight we saw was too much um and they tapered him back but the Jorgen de castros of the world the alan crowder's of the world um th- these are th- those were the guys that were at his skill and it looks like he's probably passed them a little bit now he's on to the tai Vassas of the world. He's got to win this fight, or I don't know what you do with him after this point. I'm thankful that they didn't give him the co-main event spot, which I was worried that they were going to do there for a little bit. Um, but this is a this is a reasonable step up for him. tai Vasa doesn't take everybody very seriously, and he's willing to engage in firefights. Like he's literally in there swinging with guys like Mark Hunt and Sal Palala or Pelele, however you want to say his last name and he's used to getting cracked he's used to being in dog fights he's used to being hit with the big guys and he wants to test the chin he wants to ch- test the meathead greg hardy's not going to wrestle him he doesn't have the cardio for right. it right so they're going to engage in a brawl yeah if greg hardy doesn't knock him out it's going to get real ugly real fast so i don't know i don't know what i don't really know confidently where to go here i like tui vasa in the sense i think he's a better mixed martial artist and he should win this fight mm. but i have a weird weird feeling that something's going to happen and greg hardy's going to catch him because tui vasa is going to be disrespectful
0: yeah this, this fight's interesting because both these fighters have one really really apparent kryptonite and that is wrestling yeah now to your point neither one of them is going to wrestle right but I think that you can see the blueprint on Greg Hardy. He's a guy that likes to start off fast and has zero cardio, which totally shocks me because being the more quote unquote athletic guy coming from the NFL, you'd think a more athletic person would know how to hone in his cardio and elongate that over wow. 15 minutes. He doesn't, he throws it all out there in the first round. We've seen his evolution, putting in the leg kicks, mixing it up and down. But if after one and a half rounds, he doesn't have his inhaler, he dies. I think Ty Tuvasa, if he comes in like a business guy and says, hey, I need to weather the first round. I need to weather that storm, drain his cardio, and then start brawling and watch Greg Hardy not be able to lift his hands up because he's too fucking tired. Ty Tuvasa knows he doesn't want to wrestle to grind him, so I think if he can just stay on the outside and move around a little bit and not engage that first round, it's great. I don't think he's going to wrestle or try and do anything close quarters because he's dealt with that before and he doesn't like it. We saw that in the Sergey Spivak fight. We saw that in the blagoa Ivanov fight. Those are fights that like he engaged and he was on the bad end of that on both those fights. Yeah, I think he stays away. The first round is going to be like three shots landed. The over one and a half in this fight is the most juicy thing on the planet, and that mm. is like it's hard to say that for any type of heavyweight fight, but over one and a half. I think both these guys are going to either conserve, or Tai Tuaivasa is not going to engage in that first round and get it done in the later rounds.
1: That's interesting. That's an interesting uh, going with the juice on the over one and a half. Mm-hmm. My honestly, like I said, my concern with 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 Tai or Tuivasa rather is just him being taking it like a serious fight, knowing full well that he the guy in, across from him is in fact dangerous. And respecting him enough to execute a game plan to win the fight. Um, to your point about the cardio with Greg Hardy, while he may be the more athletic guy physically, football cardio is different than fight cardio. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, the other side of that is the other side of that coin is that we're so far removed from football now. Right. You don't have an excuse for having bad fight cardio. Right. Like if you're a year in, sure. But now there's no excuse. You've been you've been on this path for several years now. Something that you're saying that you take seriously, you've got to step your fight cardio up. And I understand you're a big guy moving around, but when you got guys like c level Kane Velasquez out there, or guys like Volkov or Cyril Gaon, um, or you know even horse meat Overeem or whatever, there are heavyweights out there. Hell, Tanner Boser has a great output at heavyweight. There's a lot of guys out there that can move very well and have a decent output at heavyweight at a certain point, especially when I look at a guy like Greg Hardy and I see that there's room for muscle still. um, He still carries around a lot of jiggle in the middle that there is, there's room for improvement there. And I think he knows that Um, we'll see if he made the adjustments. That is a decent Plus money line on Greg Hardy. Uh, I made a promise a long time ago that I was never going to bet on Greg Hardy to win a fight, and I'm not. I will hold true to my word here. But this is a dangerous fight if you're in, you're in, on Team Tuivasa. Very dangerous fight.
0: What is also extremely interesting about this fight is the after fight. Yeah. The shotgunning of a beer.
1: Do you think the shoey happens?
0: The shoey absolutely happens okay. in a sold out T Mobile Arena. I'm just thinking this. I'm okay. thinking if Tai Tuivasa wins, yep, and anyone that's listening to this podcast mm. videos themselves, mm. shotgunning, not shotgunning,
1: doing a shoey, doing a shoey, yep,
0: sends it to us. Yep, like last they time, get, they get it in the pirate wheel and yep. a chance to wear bear, win bear money.
1: Let's do it. Let's do one better.
0: Okay, up it. Let,
1: let's do one better. I love um, it. If Tai Tuivasa wins and you do a shui and send it to us, we will compile all the videos and we will post them and allow punchless nation to vote on who had the best one. And if you had the best one, we will send you a no longer in circulation punchless t-shirt. Yes. And we'll buy you a six pack of beer <laughs> oh, craft. Yeah. Craft. Whatever. You tell me whatever you want. Triple IPAs. I don't give a hoot. Love it. Do we do, it. do we have all sizes of shirts left?
0: No, but if a big dude's rocking a small, or a fat guy in a little t-shirt dude, I'm make yeah. you smile. That's right. a yeah. smile
1: too. Yeah. give it to your old lady, give it to your kid, whatever. You're getting a t-shirt, whether it fits you or not, we won't be able to say, but you'll get it, you'll get a super comfortable uh ultra premium allegiance tea or a punchless tea made <laughs> he, by allegiance. in
0: washcloth. I don't give a shit.
1: I don't care what you do. You're going to get one. You're going to get a t-shirt <laughs> and a six-pack of beer. That's yeah. fine. All right, but Ty Tuivasa has to win, and you have to send us a video to our Instagram at PunchListMMA. And if you don't have Instagram, shoot it to us in the email, chat at PunchListMMA.com. Yeah. So got to be a shooey too. If you don't know what a shoey is, watch what happens after Ty wins or to, uh, Google is your best friend. go. Yeah. So, yeah, and uh, it better be good. It better be good. We had a couple submissions last time, uh, and they were all good, man. Everybody that sent us a shoey last time was great. Dude, how
0: is, how is that – that that lad from New Zealand that was doing it in the rain. He was in out in the rain, rain.
1: rain. Did one, yeah. yeah. And then and then how about this? Uh, what was it? He like said he didn't even like. We were gonna send him a shirt. And it was like hundred and sixty bucks <laughs> just to mail him the shirt. And he was like, "Nah, man, forget it. I just love you guys." And I was like, "All right, bro, that works <laughs> too, sick. man." okay
0: Yeah, sorry, we're we're broke, (laughs) dude.
1: It's just like, bro, this is a twenty dollars t shirt. I'm gonna spend 160 to send it to you. This is a 180 dollar hit, bro. And he was like, "Don't worry about it, man." (laughs) That guy was sick. Yes. Oh man. All right. Co main event of the evening. Gilbert Burns taking on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, we're calling him Wonderboy even though he's forty years old. And I was saying this; I've been saying this for years, long before Colby started on it. But yes, we're calling him Wonderboy, even though he's he's forty years old. He's sixteen and four as professional as a professional mixed martial artist taking on Gilbert Burns at nineteen and four, uh, one hundred seventy-five or one hundred seventy-pound tilt here. Trey, not the one fifty-five where Gilbert Burns started. Looks like he's at one seventy to stay now. What do you what do you make of this? Does Wonderboy get it done? You know I have my feelings about this. I what know. do you think, buddy?
0: Man, all, all credit to Gilbert Burns for taking this fight, man. Nobody wants to fight Wonderboy for one reason, one reason only. He makes you he's so awkward and unorthodox, it makes you look like shit as a fighter. Now, I think that Gilbert Burns always has a plan when he comes in and he executes it really well. He utilizes those feints a little bit of that dirty boxing to set up that ground control, get some ground and pound exercise, the really good jujitsu. Steven Thompson though, talk about a guy who's got the length. He's got the reach. He's got those, that karate stance. He's, you know, got those switch kicks, question mark kicks. He never lets you get into a rhythm. And I think for Gilbert Burns, that's the problem is he's not going to be able to improvise when the rhythm is thrown off. So I know he's 40 years old. I know his chin has seen some seen some days. Gilbert Burns by KO. I know a lot of people have been talking about that, but I just think that Steven Thompson is also a decision wizard, man. He's a guy that can make it long, make it boring. He's fine doing that. He's not going to come out, out of the gate firing. He's going to play to a pace, but throw the pace off of who he's who he's up against. I like Thompson. I like him by decision. Another fight that I don't think is going to be that entertaining. Hence why Steven Thompson is never going to get a main you know, main event slot, unless he gets a title shot, which you know, he could call for after this. But 205 Madison Square Garden versus Tyron Woodley, hands down, one of the most boring fights of all time. Dude, <laughs> that's what you're getting with Steven Thompson in every single fight.
1: I don't necessarily know that he's the most boring. I mean, you're really painting him out like, like he's Bob I Ross love him. On he's Melatonin. Boring, right? I, I think he's very, I think he's very exciting to fight I or watch fight. I think his fights against Tyron Woodley were god awful, but I think that's more to, more to, both of those gentlemen wanting the other guy to do the work for them more than anything else you're talking about Steven Thompson who has who beat Robert Whittaker um Steven Thompson who's only lost four fights since 2012 i mean he's lost four fights in his entire UFC tenure since starting back in 2012 um multiple time world was it karate and point kickboxing champion i mean the dude is next level to your point, though, the chin has looked a little, little rocky at times. Um, both Tyron Woodley fights, he got rocked. Uh, the Darren Till fight was kind of hit and miss, and I thought maybe he, like Darren Till, maybe got a little bit of a gift there. And then Anthony Pettis, you know, what are you gonna do with that man? Um, <laughs> what, what are what you gonna, do what, what, what are you gonna do with that Pettis knockout? I mean, it is what it is, right? It, it, was it an anomaly? Maybe. Maybe, my concern is, uh, is at some point in time, your body reminds you that you're 40. Yeah. your body reminds you that this is a young man's game. Combat is a young man's game. Um, and Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's getting a little bit older. I wholeheartedly believe that Stephen Thompson should win this fight. There is a weird little scratch in the back of my head, though, that says Gilbert Burns is going to knock him out, right. and I'm I'm scared for that. Because honestly, like I said, what, last week or the week before, I don't see a scenario that exists in the world where Stephen Wonderboy Thompson gets another title shot because Usman is going to fight Covington. And then the winner of that is going to fight Leon Edwards. And that whole saga will not be wrapped up until this time next year. So what do you do with Wonderboy again? Even if he beats Gilbert Burns, and let's say that he does, what do you do with them? If you 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 can't have him fight Leon Edwards, Leon Edwards won't fight him. We've already established that he won't fight Wonder Boy. Like that's not going to happen. He's not going to jeopardize that. Colby's not going to do it. Usman's not going to do it. What do you what do you have him do? You have him. You, you just you keep feeding him killers and hope that he loses. And I think that's what they're doing here. You think the I'm,
0: got putting the conspiracy hat on right here?
1: You I'm not putting the conspiracy hat on, but I, I think that a draw and a Arguably one of the more boring five-round decisions you've ever seen in your life. And on a card as of the magnitude of 205, you you seriously depleted your stock with the boss. You def- you you def- you depreciated your stock big time with that. He is a fan favorite. There's no doubt about it. I think the guy's got a million subs on YouTube and a bunch of other stuff. There's no doubt that people like Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And if he was the champ, he might move a needle. But at this point, people aren't lining up at the ticket booth to bet and see and buy tickets to see Stephen Wonderboy Thompson fight. He just he doesn't have that it. He has the talent, but he doesn't have the factor, the it factor. He just doesn't have it. Um, and he doesn't have it at 40, right? He may have, he, he may have had it with, with the Dan Stidgen knockout, and then he lost to Matt Brown, and then he went off. He just started rattling off crazy – Freaking win after win after win. But then you put out the Tyron Willie performances and it's like, nah, bro, I can't with this. I can't. The point karate shit only works for so long. People are only so excited about it for so long. Ask Loyota Machida, man. They just, I'm done with this now. It's cool for a little bit. Somebody figured it out. All right, on to the next. So, so what are you doing? I don't know, man. Gilbert Burns takedowns, you know, what's the average? Like two, two, two per fight, three per fight. I, I you know, Wonder Boy st- stopped like what, like some stupid number, like seventeen of his last twenty takedown attempts. People were going at him or something like that. I mean, he's dude, he's,
0: got, he's got insane takedown defense. Yeah. He's he's going to be way rangier, way taller yeah, This is a former one fifty fiber. Right. I don't think he's going to be able to close the distance. I do. So,
1: don't, but don't forget the former one, the last one fifty fiber that Wonder Boy fought, knocked him out. That's true. That's true. Little fast guys, little bumblebees. Meow, you know. Yeah. Hit you with some weird shit. And Gilbert's gonna touch him once. We know that. Um he, he's he's gonna touch him once. We 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 absolutely know that. So how does Wonderboy respond? That well, this one's this one is I'd say maybe even dog or pass, bro. I don't know. I don't know. This one has me this is my most on the fence that i that I am for this this one. I, I Part of me just says take 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 Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He's lost four times since 2012. He's the safest. He's safe money, and he beat he just beat up Gilbert Burns' best friend and Vincenzo Luque. Don't forget, he just beat up essentially just beat Burns by fighting Vincenzo Luque.
0: If I if I saw Thompson, I would just walk up to him and I'd be like, Wonderboy, what is the secret of your power? That's what I would ask him. And then he just, question mark, kicked me into fucking oblivion.
1: I saw, I told you Wonder Boy was at the Ram FC event. Oh, yeah. And just a, a steady line of chicks walking up to him all night. Just all night. Just yeah. Didn't have to move guy and He's like,
0: hey, I can't talk to you. I got to talk to your yeah. dad for permission first.
1: Yeah. Just, I, 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 you say that, but I bet you, I bet you Wonder Boy. There's a reason why he's 40 and single. Wonder boy, probably. There's no need for him to be. He's probably just backstroking like Scrooge McDuck. Just <laughs> no doubt about it. But he, I mean, look, he walked by me, and you know, I'm not 170 170 pounds, but he didn't look very big. And this was weeks ago, so he wasn't like in full blown camp. But he doesn't look like the biggest guy I've ever seen. Hmm. Um so. It's interesting
0: because in the embedded he looks he looks a little chunky right now. I know he's not He, he looked a
1: little thing. thick, didn't he? He looked a little yeah. thick on didn't You notice that when he's a little tight, he looked a little
0: bit on. Like, you, know,
1: you know what he looked like. Huh. He looked like he was 40 years old. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he looked oh, like. Shit. Yeah. Oh <laughs> right. man. All right. as of right now, I'm leaning Wonder Boy, but that is subject to change. Yeah. That is subject to change. All right. Let's talk about the main event of the evening. Dustin Poirier twenty seven and six, Conor McGregor twenty two and five. The series tied one one. Uh, we all know what happened the first time. We all know what happened the second time. We're finally going to get things settled here in round round three. What do you think here, Trey? Because I, I'm back and forth on this fight as well. I've got sneaky feelings. I've got real feelings. I've got heart feelings. I've got wallet feelings. What? Where are you at here? Because you are the, the consummate Conor McGregor fanboy here. So where are you at?
0: You know, these <clears throat> you can't get analytical about this. I think hmm. uh, you can't because you, you know what each guy possesses. And you know where the vulnerabilities lie. You know um, where the insecurities are. And I say the insecurities because Conor McGregor, you know, tweeting on, on Twitter, stating the first one to shoot for a takedown is a dusty bitch. Um, he doesn't want that to happen. If I was Mike Brown, Dustin Poirier's coach, I'd say, dude, we are going to be this shit. We are going to shoot right off the rip and we are going to grind him. We're going to try and get his back flat on the mat in the center of the octagon, not allow him to butt scoot all the way back to the cage to get back up. We are going to drown him. But here's the thing. Connor is always better in the run back. He's like the guy that goes to school and takes a test and he's like, ah, fuck, I don't need to study and gets an F. And then he's like, all right, fine. Let me go back. Let me actually put in the work and then I'll get the B to get the degree. You know what I mean? Mm Conor McGregor is at plus money right now. If you don't think that is tearing Conor apart, the biggest egomaniac on the planet, it is. Um, The one thing, and I'll give you some insider insight here is – I have a friend who uh, works in Costa Mesa an auto shop and he's had a secret octagon set up in Costa Mesa. Okay. And my friend insider tip has been saying that he has not been working out that hard. He's been hanging out doing his training session, then barbecuing in the back alley with the boys. Um, so I don't know, but then I see people come out and say like, Oh, without a doubt, like he's focused, he's ready to go. Is it all a show? I don't know, but I do know that Connor is an egomaniac. He's plus money. And if he was going to come back and do it, he's going to do it now. Hmm. It's already come out and said, Dana White said, this is for the lightweight strap. Whoever wins this is going to fight Charles Oliveira. There's a lot on the line. This is another one of Conor McGregor's carved out paths to get back and retain a title.
1: I'm Interesting. Connor. So you're going Conor.
0: I'm going Conor because I think that all those little mind games he's played with Dustin, as much as Dustin says, it's the yesteryear of him uh, dealing with mean Connor and mentally just going, you know, berserk, those are gonna eat at him. They're gonna eat at him when he's at Wans. The draw that he brings in front of a large crowd. I mean, you have to think when you're fighting on a pay per view on a Connor McGregor card, the aura, the feel, everything is completely different. You can think you're as determined and focused as ever, but I mean it's a different it's a different ball game.
1: It's, I don't know, man.
0: No? Yep. I'm coming for you. P it. Yeah.
1: Look, man, I, here's the thing, right? Is that <sighs> bro? So, all right. So this is not a knock on you here to get more analytical than you got here. Um, from a, from a, Analytics perspective: How it shakes out. Both of these guys, significant strikes landed per minute, almost dead even. Both are at a little over five. Significant strike accuracy. Both of them sit around the fifty-five percent mark. Right. The difference comes in the takedown average. uh Poirier on average about two takedowns, little less than two takedowns per fight, and then takedown accuracy, which is we- here's the weirdest thing: is that Connor uh, actually has a higher takedown accuracy than Dustin Poirier. Hmm. That Absolutely. being said, submission averages are higher for Poirier, obviously. My concern with both of these gentlemen is, is that I don't know the motivation level of either one. We talked about before in the in the second fight that Connor's rolling up in a yacht. He's got half a billion dollars in the bank. How motivated are you to go out and get in a fist fight? Right. And he comes out, he's talking about the love of the game and being with his family and and seeing the 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 twinkle in his wife's eye and his, it, the, mm. the 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 shine in his kids' smiles and all this stuff, right? Anything you about yourself? Well, that's why you worked so hard to begin with, right? That's why you were the Mad Hatter for a long time right. was to provide this life for them. And then you, they they got it. So now you have to reinvent the motivation, right? Reinvent the hunger. You've been the champ. You've been to the top of the mountain. You've climbed down off the mountain. How motivated are you to climb back up it again? How many people summit a mountain more than once? Most people only summit a mountain once. They see the obstacle, they conquer it, they climb back down and they just tell people, "Man, I did that." They don't go and they don't they don't go and do it again. That's 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 what sets great fighters or great athletes apart from all-time greats because all-time greats Look at that mountain and go. I want to climb it better this time. I want to climb it faster. I want to climb it with some sort of challenge. Great athletes do it once, and they go, "That was cool, man. That was cool. I do that. Yeah, I was like that. I like that." So we have Connor, and he 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 did that, and he accomplished everything he wanted to do. Everything, except I think one time he said he wanted to win belts in three different weight classes. So if that's maybe a motivation, he hasn't done that. But outside of that, he's accomplished everything that he's wanted to accomplish. And he's made all the money, all the accolades, all the fame, all the fortune, everything that's come with it, everything that guy has ever said he wanted to do, he has done. And that becomes incredibly hard to go out and get in a fistfight and find that grit, find that dog, find that bite that you need to get it done. And we saw that in the second one. Um now what concerns me is now Poirier is talking like Dust or like Connor prior to the second fight. He's talking about, oh, you know. I'm a prize fighter. I'm in it for money. I'm in it for the, like, you know, I, I want to set my kids up. I want to do this. I want to do that. You know, I'm fighting for something bigger, the good fight foundation. I'm, I'm set, you know, we're, we're doing all these things. It's for the community. It's so on and so forth. When you get too philosophical and get in your own bullshit too much, you get knocked out.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: Like I know that the first fight Dustin fought poorly because he was so angry and in the second fight he fought better and i think he fought better one because he was more mature but also because connor was sleeping on a yacht so i think there's an there's there's a interesting you know north south dynamic of magnetism right there where they they want to be close to each other but they can't i think that there's some of that but also you now have dustin that's made more money than he's ever made in his life right got a nice house kids getting a little bit older Wife's, you know, they got their own stuff going on. Is, is Poirier doing road work? Is he doing a ton of road work? Is he getting it in? Like, is he getting it in the way he needs to to get redemption? Cause he already got redemption, right? So he was fighting for redemption the second time. He was fighting for the paycheck. He was fighting for legacy. Well, you beat Connor now. You have it. You have it. And then you don't fight for the belt. You forego the belt to get a bigger payday. So you've already said the belt's not important to me. I want the money. I want the money. So I question the motivation of either man, even though both of them seem to be motivated by money. How hard is the work being done? What's the level of the work being done? That's what concerns me. Because if, if Connor comes out and he loses this fight, he's done forever. For he's sure. done forever. And you have to wonder, is Connor okay with being done forever? Because if he comes out and he gets snuffed by Dustin again, he's done. It's done. Yeah. You can sell a card because Conor McGregor card, but you can't sell him as being a world beater maelstrom of violence like he was before. You can't because he just got big brother twice in a row by Dustin Poirier. So he's either going to come out and he's going to beat Dustin and go on to fight Oliveira, whoever, and and set the world on fire again, which in my opinion, even though I don't like the guy, would be great for the sport. Or Poirier is going to send him into retirement. And then it'll, he'll, he'll be that guy that's going, you know, thanks for the cheese. I'll see you later. You know, that's that's really what this boils down to because I don't know what else could possibly be at stake for him here. he's He's been there. He's done that. He's seen it all. And he'll tell you the same.
0: No, and I, I hate it because anal- I always like to put my money um, in parallel with the analytics. But this is the one time where I want to watch the press conference. I don't really care about the weigh-ins. I don't care how drawn out Connor's gonna look. All I care about is the press conference. And I say that because I want to see the demeanor that Connor carries. Is he going to come in and say, Oh, best friends, oh, I'll take your hot sauce, it's all good. Like we're all making cash. Or is he gonna be like, hey P head, dude, I'm gonna fuck you up and it's gonna happen and get in his grill. And you see the fire, you see that motivation. If I see friendliness and an all-even surface level piece, I'm out, dude. I'm taking Dustin. I think he clocks him in the later rounds. But if I see Connor, I see that go back to the drawing board. You got to remember, this is a guy that trained for how many months for Manny Pacquiao and completely dismissed any type of leg kicks, any type of grappling,
1: Floyd purely Mayweather, boxing. Yeah. Yeah. Floyd Mayweather.
0: Uh, I thought it was for the Pacquiao fight.
1: No, no, no. Wait, he, he was, was training. There, there was an idea of Pacquiao being on the table. Okay. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And that's oh, what okay, his, I'm sorry. his right, motivation
0: from boxing was. so.
1: My bad. Good,
0: yeah. So I just think that he's more well rounded, he's always good in the run back. I'm taking plus money. How can you not take plus money on Connor, dude?
1: Well, here's okay, so here's the other thing, too is that I think that I don't think Connor have if 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 trash talk is your catalyst, then go Poirier because Connor doesn't have it anymore. He's not angry, he's not bitter. Um, you know, I, I He doesn't, he doesn't have that portion of, I mean, think about the only trap he just started trash talking, right? We're four days out, five days out. He just started trash talking. Now in the first bit of trash talk he releases is the recycled stuff he used from the first time P head and hillbilly. That's it. That's it. This is a guy that made his millions being a wordsmith, being a poet on the microphone. And your first instinct is to go back to the thing that you used the first time which you could say is some sort of subtle genius. You're trying to harken back to some sort of nostalgic in the head type thing. But I really think that those, I thought, I thought Head and Hillbilly were lame the first time. They're even worse the second time around. It no, just feels dude, he's, he's had
0: some, he's had some good ones recently. I'm i I'm a biz. I'm a businessman. I am the businessman.
1: Yeah. But that yeah. was, that was years ago.
0: Oh, I thought that was new.
1: I think, I think he's just recite again. i I've, oh. I've I just, if trash talk is your catalyst here, go Poirier, uh, because he's not angry enough. He doesn't, again, the fire, it's fire. Uh, You do know Nate is waiting in the wings for Conor if he loses, right? Yeah, Nate's always in the wings because Nate wants the Conor fight again. Absolutely. Um, And truthfully, I think Conor might be the only fight that Nate can win right now. (laughs) To be honest with you, I think it's the only fight that Nate can possibly win. And even then, he would be a massive underdog. Unless Dustin goes out there and sleeps Connor right away. Um, There's quite a few props. Uh, Alternative lines for over-unders are juicy. Uh, It's at one and a half right now. Two and a half looks good. Three and a half looks good. Um, Recording knockdowns. Recording, like, will they they bleed? um, Touch gloves. All of those are available right now. There's quite a few different ones. Um, One that you might be interested in, will fighters touch gloves? Uh, is it a plus three hundred for no? So with with the current um, you know Mister Roger style attitude of the second one, they've got it at a minus seven hundred that it's going to be a yes, and up coming it back at a plus three hundred that it's no. If Connor continues to ramp up the trash talk, that might be something to look at. That might be a good opportunity for some plus money here. Uh, I would look at alternative lines. Two and a half seems good for me. Um, you know. Three and a half's out there. Three and a half showed up in the the, the chat as well. Three and a half super safe, but you're not going to get a super big return on it. Two and a half's good because it puts you midway through the third round, and I don't think we'll get past that. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't think it. I don't think this becomes a war. I don't think this is a war of attrition. Um, big things that concern me if you're Dustin Poirier is that even in the second fight he was getting hit a lot. I was one of the few people that maintained a position of adamancy that in the first fight, I thought Connor hit the back of Dustin's head several times. The first first shot that stunned him and had him fall down was behind the ear, and then the two subsequent blows after that were behind the head. Um, In the second fight, Dustin still got hit yet again uh, and said it so himself, one or two more, if they had landed a little bit more flush or a little bit harder, he would have been in real trouble. Something to consider if if you're on the Connor camp. Uh if you're team Connor, Poirier um is a much better mixed martial artist than Connor McGregor. He's probably yeah, he he, he, shots in Well, uh, he, he is, he's a better mixed martial artist. I mean, he's got better jujitsu, he's got better wrestling. Um, I would say that the boxing's probably on par, but again, this isn't boxing, this is MMA. And if you are more interested in the boxing of somebody than MMA like style striking, there's this great sport called boxing that I suggest sure. that you watch. <laughs> Um, as far as the hands go, I think Connor's a more creative fighter. Dustin's the more technical fighter. Um, if that's really kind of the meat and potatoes of it, so
0: so gun to your head, money line.
1: Gun gun to my head, money line. Uh, based on what we've seen, Poirier, uh, but sneaky weird feeling. Connor McGregor knocks him out in the first round. I'll go Connor. I, I hate. I listen. It make me super upset if he did. But I, I'm betting wise. I like Poirier. I like under two and a half alternative line more than anything else. And I, I think I'll probably just play that alternative line under two and a half and just hope for a finish because I I can't. The heart and the head are too set too divided on this one.
0: Alright, that sounds All right.
1: good. Alright, Mary. Hey.
0: Mary. I'm probably in the minority here, but I am more excited about the prelims than I am the main card.
1: Well, here's something real quick. Do you want to talk about props? Poirier by KO is at plus 170. McGregor by KO is at plus 115. Play both guys by knockout and just hope that there's no submission or it goes to decision. That's smart. Plus money on both sides. Just roll it. Yeah. Just roll it. Play both sides. Um, Or again, under two and a half alternative line. Okay. All right. Let's run through these prelims real quick. We're coming up on an hour here and we don't want to run too low, too over. All right. Uh, Yozong Hu taking on Alon Amadovsky, Am- 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 Amadovsky, Amadovsky, uh, Amadovski, at eight and two, Hugh at three and two. 120 coming on Hugh, minus 140 coming on Amadovsky. What do you feel here? How do you think it gets done? What's going on?
0: Yeah, dude, this is a tough one because I feel like this is a pink slip fight right here. Both fighters are on, what, two-fight-lose skids. Um, you know, Zong, he's super green, dude. He He's three and two. You know, He's lost his last two, like I just said. This is, I think he's isn't,
1: six foot one or something, isn't he? He's a big-ass Asian dude. Yeah, Six-three.
0: He hasn't fought in three years.
1: It's true. It's true.
0: He loves his jab. He kind of lets others kind of control the octagon, though. So it's kind of a weird thing, like – Usually someone that exercises their jab dictates the pace because they're the more volume, you know, kind of moving the fighter around. He doesn't. He utilizes his jab, but he's always working off his back feet. So he gets pushed up. You get someone that's a little bit more bullish, a wrestler, let's call it. Amadovsky, dude, he's on the two fight lose skid. He's a bite down on your mouthpiece type fighter though. You know, we saw that in the John Phillips fight. It was just fucking swinging for the fences. Um, I'd be nervous for a guy that's going to be using his jab and want to fight someone that's going to want to do a firefight. I like Amadovsky. Um, I think it's going to be hard for him to close that distance with someone that's that much of a reach and that tall of a dude. So I like over one and a half. The one and a half is literally there because Amadovsky, people think he's an absolute psychopath. Um, uh, but I don't think that his is gonna allow him to close the distance that quickly. So I like over one and a half. And if I were to go money line, I'm going Amadovsky.
1: I love I like Amadosky because he looks like a big ass Marlon Morace.
0: Mm, that's fair. He doesn't
1: he doesn't fight like him, but visually he just looks like yeah. if you put Marla, if you just put Miracle Grow on Marlon rice that's <laughs> what he looks like. That's cool. Just saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> that. Listen, man, I don't have a dog in this fight at all, man. I, I really. Uh, neither one of these guys are showing up on my bet slip. Uh, both of Fair them are on it. two fight losing streaks. The, it, this is a filler, you know a guy that's yeah. a guy that has a record of three and two. I don't care if you're two hundred five pounds or not. You should not be fighting in the world's most premier organization. I just no. won't. I, I won't give you any of my any of my attention. No, 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 no. All right lagazuma gulov taking on J- Jerome Rivera jerome Rivera at 10 and five boys lagasma gulov is at 13 and 5 you know me I love me my Zlagas. uh pretty big favorite here though if I'm being honest at a minus yeah. 310 I love him I don't know if I minus 310 love him though uh J- Jerome Rivera plus 260 I, I stand by my statement I've said it every time we've had Jer- Jerome Rivera show up on our ticket I do not believe that Jerome Rivera is a UFC level talent man I, I, I will stand firm and die on that hill. I don't think he's here. He's a young guy. He can get there, but he is not there yet. Zuma Gulov should win this fight, and I'll be using him as a parlay piece, but I'm not looking at a straight money line, looking at two- and three-fight parlays with uh, Zuma Gulov as an anchor.
0: A lot of people are, are throwing cash to over two-and-a-half and a half in Zuma Gulov by decision. Um, I think this is a spot you can get Zuma Gulov by KO, dude. I really do. I think Jerome Rivera is a fragile human being (laughs) he is fragile dude his chin is super suspect yes he's gonna have a six inch reach advantage but he's a guy that doesn't even really know how to utilize that six inch reach advantage usually he's a jiu-jitsu guy at a certain level he wants to utilize that jab to create some space to shoot in try and get a single or double get it down he doesn't do that he kind of just jabs out and then just like receives a you know punch on the back end So I think Zuma Gulov, who mixes up really well, who's got good cardio, will mix in legs, work it upstairs. I think he could KO. I think under two and a half here is a great play. I think the line is appropriately set at minus 310 because I just don't think it's going to be that competitive.
1: Gotcha. All right. Brad Tavares taking on Omari Akhmedov. Weird spot for these guys, to be honest with you, on the early prelims. I would have liked to have seen them a little bit higher up on the card. But this is a pretty thick card, so I guess it makes sense. Maybe above Jessica I, Jennifer Maya, which we're going to get to, or maybe in the Trevin Giles Driscus Duplessis spot, but it doesn't really matter at this point. Omari Akmedov at 21 and 5. Brad Tavares at 18 and 7. Tavares at a minus 165. Omari Akmedov at a plus 140 here. 18 and 7 on Tavares. Um, He looked fantastic his last fight out, man. He looked almost reinvented. We lost a bunch of money on that fight, to be honest with you. Uh, I was all uh, all aboard the freaking Antonio Carlos Jr. train. I thought Carlos' your old shoe face would go out there and get it done, and he looked like absolute dog shit. And sure. that that fight happened to, hap- happened to have happened on the uh, Poirier-McGregor 2 card. Ooh. So here we are. Connor and Poirier run it back, and Brad Tavares is on this card again, and I'm going to look for him to get another W, minus 165, you know me. I love my Caucasus Mountain Warriors. I love my Russian wrestlers. But uh, Omar Akhmedov is going to have a hard time on Saturday night. Yeah.
0: I mean, you said it earlier with the Yana Kuzakayev fight. You said Yana is a type of chick who will make the fight super boring and does not give a shit. Omar Akhmedov is the exact same person. Oh, for sure. 100%. He will grind you into oblivion, a guy that's got a 49% takedown accuracy, and he's a leech, dude. He will, Khabib style, just smother you and lay there and hold position. He'll get booze from the crowd. He does not give a shit. The problem is, and where a lot of people think Brad Tavares is going to get the upper hand here, is with styles like that, you drain the cardio tank very quickly. Brad Tavares is a guy that... He's got a lot of volume. He's a decision king. He can pepper you like crazy, wear out that cardio, and he's got pretty decent takedown defense. So I think if he can negate the takedown, pepper him on the feet and take him apart on the feet like he should, he should get the decision here. I think that the safest play is obviously over decision. You're getting over 2.5, I think at a minus 200, so it's not the most juicy line. But put those two together, Brad, by decision, you you get some value out of that for sure.
1: Yeah, I like Tavares for sure in that spot. All right. Jennifer Maya taking on Jessica I. Jessica I to plus 155. Jennifer Maya to minus 180. Oh, man. Women's underdogs, baby. It's science. Jessica <laughs> I. I know you love Jennifer Maya. Um, Jessica I is a poor man's. Caitlin Chukagian. Just jab, <laughs> pepper, yell, scream. Don't do much. Think you're doing everything. Uh, Jennifer Maya, better on the, better, probably better hands. Definitely better on the ground. Jennifer Maya by sub, maybe. Yeah. Jessica I by decision. Jessica I plus 155. I mean, I'm again staying true to my word. I will take Jessica I because she is a plus one fifty-five women's underdog and science. But uh stylistically, Jennifer Maya should win this fight. My only concern if you're Jennifer Maya is output cardio. And if you can't execute your game plan, what does plan B look like?
0: dude i mean you're in my head right now it's either i by decision or maya by sub um mm-hmm. i think that i cut and dry she's got shitty takedown defense dude she doesn't know what to do on the ground she can out maya and we've seen that happen before when liz Carmouche fought jennifer maya someone that's stronger and more bullish can outmuscle her negate takedowns and make it ugly but you know without muscling you have to have good takedown defense and jessica i does not have that she will accept bottom position jennifer maya i picked her to beat jojo for one reason and one reason only jiu-jitsu i think jiu-jitsu is such a cornerstone in women's mma if you have that you are a dark horse Mm. i think jennifer maya has legitimate jiu-jitsu and she is someone who were if you know everything hits the fan and she's getting peppered from the ground. She'll just say, screw it and try and dive for a leg. And I will take that. And I hope that she, you know, cashes for my, for my money. I'm going to go Maya by sub. I think that's really solid play. I by decision, but I just don't see that happening. Jennifer Maya is going to be the more youthful fighter. And I think she's going to be stronger in every facet, except for maybe I think just guy does have better hands.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. Driskus Duplessis at 15 and two taking on Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles is at 14 and two. How do you feel about this man? Oh, gosh, I freaking hate this fight. I'm being <laughs> that honest with you. Plus at, at a minus one ten, Trevin Giles minus one ten as well. It's essentially, pick him fight over running rounds at two and a half. Every time I bet on Trevin Giles, I lose.
0: Dude, you in the world, man?
1: Every time I bet on him, I lose. Every time I bet against him, I lose. I don't know what to do. It's if I if I'm on Team Trevin, I lose. If I'm against him, he costs me money. I I can't touch this guy. I don't want to touch him. Um... I just, I don't know what, I don't know what to do with him. He doesn't appear to have a second gear. He doesn't appear to know when he has an opponent hurt. Doesn't appear to have a, uh, a, a go button, right? Wins over Roman Dalize, who we love, but, you know, knockout over Bevon Lewis and gifted a freaking decision win over James Krause in a fight that he easily lost. Uh, I, I doesn't it just puts me in a position where I don't know how to bet him. Now, if you're Driscus Duplessis, you look at his fight against Marcus Perez, and I don't think he looked good in that fight against Marcus Perez until he caught Perez and changed the the outcome of the fight. Um I just don't I can't touch Trevin Giles, man. I, I can't. And then I, I don't feel confident enough on Duplessis. Because I thought he looked like crap against Marcus Perez, so I, I can't touch this fight. I can't do it. I not in good conscience. I can't touch it.
0: Well, that's fair too, because I don't want to say someone has a padded record, but yes, you beat Marcus Perez. Marcus Perez isn't even in the UFC anymore, dude. He was cut for a reason. So your quality of opponent is exponentially lower than what you're getting in Trevin Giles. Trevin Giles on a three fight win win streak, but debatable. Yes, dude, he lost that James Krause fight. You and I both know that. Um, he doesn't have that extra gear like you're talking about. He's got jab, he's got good lateral movement, but in the later rounds, he 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 loses it and he's susceptible to a lot. We saw in the Gerald Mershock fight, you know, getting subbed. Now, granted, anyone, you know, versus Gerald is probably gonna get subbed, but in those later rounds, he wilts and is way more vulnerable. I everyone's all high and mighty on Draskus, but I just dude, I just don't see it. He's got a good guillotine, so maybe we see a little sub action there. I don't know, but I have to go Trevin Giles. You just based on quality of opponent.
1: I can't. I just can't take it, man. I just I can't. So I, I will I will forego that just so your bet lives on. All right. That sounds fair. Probably the fight I'm the most excited about, if I'm being dead honest with you. Ryan Hall, eight and one, Ilya Taporia, 10 and 0. Freaking love this fight, man. Ryan Hall plus fight. yeah, it's the best fight. This is this is premium matchmaking right here. Yeah. Ryan Hall plus 195, Ilya Taporia minus 230. I wish that this fight was at pick em odds. Just to make it that more juicy, uh, over under on rounds at two and a half. I'm on Sephora here. I'm on Sephora, um, just for a myriad of reasons. Obviously, the 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 level of jujitsu that Ryan Hall possesses in his body is one thing, right? And there there are levels to jujitsu black belts, and Ryan Hall is of the highest pedigree possible. Ilya Taporia possesses a decent black belt like level jiu-jitsu. He he is very very competent in that regard. Right. But he has great wrestling as well, which I love because in my opinion and you know this, yeah. And it's not surprising me, elite wrestling shuts down elite jiu-jitsu. It just does. I know sure. you're a jiu-jitsu guy, you don't want me to say that out loud, but elite wrestling will shut down elite jiu-jitsu if you cannot be effective in your attacks. As long as they're dry, first four minutes of this fight, Ilya Taporia is in real trouble. Outside of four minutes, it's the Teporia show, however he wants it. He'll be slippery. They'll be sweaty. I think he'll be just fine. He's got to watch his legs. He's got to watch his heels. He's got to watch his knees. Outside of that, I think he's fine, man. I really think he's fine. I'm not trying to downplay the the skill of Ryan Hall. Ryan Hall could win this fight, and a lot of the people in the jiu-jitsu community think that he's going to. He's going to take the O from Ilya, and I believe that you are going to tell me that you think that that's going to happen. But the hands are better on the taporia side. The wrestling's better on the taporia side. The cardio's better on the taporia side. The only thing that's not better is the jiu-jitsu and can... Ryan Hall execute the one thing that he needs to win the fight? Can he do it? Because if he can't, there is no plan B. There is no plan C. We're done. He's got one thing to win this fight. He's essentially a 145-pound Ronda Rousey armbar. He's got one thing to win this fight. That's it. That's all he's got. He's got one thing to win it. Jiu-Jitsu. That's it.
0: Dude, he doesn't have just one sub. He has a book of subs.
1: I'm not saying that. I'm saying he, in and of himself, is the he is uh, an embodiment of 145 pound Ronda Rousey armbar. One method to victory.
0: So, I, I totally agree with your, your sentiment that wrestling is maybe the more superior facet of mixed social arts as it, it relates to it is. And you, it's indicative as it relates to the amount of champions there's been. I think wrestling's number one, Jiu-Jitsu jitsu's number two, Muay Thai's number three. Mm. There's been more wrestling champions in the UFC than any other facet. Understandable. Here's the thing though, Ryan Hall is also like Rain Man smart, dude. Sure. He is not going to engage. He is like the we just talked about Om- Omari Akhmedov, you know, getting booed for holding top position. Ryan Hall, knowing that he's gonna get pieced up in the boxing realm, will literally sit down and invite to guard.
1: Sure. He We've will not him.
0: do anything else. He does it. He flops on his back and sits. He will get booed from the crowd. T Mobile Arena will be absolutely irate. But here's the thing, Tapuria on a big stage like that—is he going to have the stamina and believe in his own game plan enough to stay away, or is he going to get invited down? If he gets invited down, it's a snake around you. This is a guy that can literally rip off your heel, rip off your knee, rip off an arm. It's jujitsu levels to in a different degree, dude. Sure. This is a guy. will people joke Tony Ferguson, Oh, Imanari roll, freaking 10th Planet, dude. Ryan Hall. You can blink a an nine, he's got you on a limb. This The only thing that makes me a little bit nervous is Ryan Hall hasn't fought in a minute. Mm-hmm. He hasn't engaged in a firefight. He hasn't been clipped in a minute. How will he react? Will he immediately dive for legs or will he feel it out a little bit? Ryan Hall is going to win this fight just on the fact that he's going to invite Tapuria into a fight that he doesn't want to partake in. Uh, Tapuria, I can totally see him Engaging in what you, Ryan Hall is putting out there, one hundred
1: percent. I honestly think this. Yeah, I think yeah. this becomes a BJ Penn style situation if you expect Ryan Hall to win. He's going to come out and immediately sub, like just. Yeah. It'll be not um not like first ten seconds sub, but it's in the first three minutes of the fight. If he's right. going to win, like he's going to come out, he's going to immediately get a hold of something. There'll be a weird mad dash scramble. He's gonna grab a hold of something, arm, leg, neck, something, and tap him out without breaking a sweat. Yeah. If you can cut up, beat up, lump up a Ryan Hall, you can win the fight. I mean, he just, he's just not there, listen, there is a certain level of mental fortitude, grit, determination, all of that that comes with being a master of any craft because you have to be. Self-deprecating to become a master of anything, whether it's painting, jujitsu, model ships, business, I don't care. You have to have something in you, a fire within you that you're constantly trying to extinguish or satisfy in order to become a master. So I think that Ryan Hall has that in him somewhere. But it's up to Teporia to make him doubt his belief that he can continue to feed that fire. hes It's up to Taporia right. to be the bucket of water to extinguish that. Because as of right now, Ryan Hall has come out and he's implemented his game plan and he's won his fights and he's taken very little damage to do it. You've got to make him question whether or not he wants to be in there. You have to make him question whether or not what he believes to be, a winning method is actually sustainable. You've got to make him think that. And the only way to do that is to either A, beat him at his own game, or or A, beat him at his own game, or B, shut him down completely so he's he's he's, he's 100% ineffective in the things that he wants to do. It's a matter of which route Taporia wants to try to take. I think the more dangerous is to try to beat Ryan Hall at his own game. If you go in there with ego and let the ego win, ego always leads to death of self, and that's going to happen to Ilya Teporia if he goes in there with his ego first. Outside of that, I think he wins this fight. He's physically stronger. I believe he has a more well-rounded skill set. I think he should win this fight. It's very interesting. This is my most intriguing matchup on the entire card. I will be betting Teporia because I think he's going to win the fight, but I, this is a treat for fans. i You know, not a whole not very often I tip my hat to the the matchmakers, but I freaking love this fight.
0: No, this is a tip of the hat to UFC early days, dude. Yeah. Is what it is. Yeah,
1: Yeah. for sure. 100%. 100%. All right. Uh, What do we got? Two fights left? Yeah, we got two fights left. Nico Price taking on Michelle Pereira. 25 and 11 is is Michelle Pereira. Nico Price is at 14 and four. Man, let me tell you what. Initially, I'm I'm all on Nico Price, right? This fight gets announced, and I'm like, the hybrid, bro. It's the freaking hybrid. I, I, I love Nico Price. And then I start doing some research and I start preparing for the show. Then I start watching it's Michelle crazy. Pereira's last fight against Chaos Williams. Then I go back and I watch his fight against Zalim Medaev. And I go, you know what? If Michelle Pereira comes out and he's calm, cool, collected, composed, and a little bit creative
0: yeah.
1: in a full-size octagon, yep, he's going to jack up Nico Price. He's gonna jack him up. Yeah. Now Nico Price needs to make it a dog fight. But what do you yeah. think is gonna happen here?
0: Well, I think how many dog fights can Nico Price have, dude?
1: Right. Right. I mean, a dog can only fight so many times. You're absolutely <laughs> yeah. That's a great. That's a great point,
0: dude. He's. I mean, go back to when you look at the ones that he actually won. The Randy Brown, the Tim Means, even the James Vick. He was getting fucked up in each one of those <laughs> fights. He was getting fucked up by James Vick. Dude, James Vick got hands. He's a Texas
1: gold gloves champion bro yeah <laughs> oh dude all
0: right i'll let you live and die to james vick's your favorite fighter for sure
1: james vick got hands bro
0: <laughs> i don't know nico price is takes so much damage in his fights and yes he possesses power on his back wherever the most awkward ko's on the on the planet but michelle Pereira, as we've seen this is the most redundant statement you're going to hear in any podcast analytical view of this but he's gotten more conservative mm-hmm. his his view of the octagon has gotten more narrow. He's not doing as many backflips. He's been much more conservative. He's picking his shots. He's utilizing a fight IQ. Nico Price just runs there and just freaking throws and maybe gets lucky every so often. <laughs> Michelle Pereira, if he sticks to a game plan, should win this fight.
1: That's it. That's it. Over yeah.
0: one, I think over one and a half. I don't see Michelle Pereira putting Nico Price out. I think the dude's tough as shit. Yeah. Over one and a half. Priera, I like that.
1: I will say this: what always fascin- fascinates me about people the most, or not the most, but one of the things that fascinates me about fighters in general is like genetic makeup. And Nico Price has the weirdest body composition I think I've ever seen. He's like equal parts arms and legs, but his chest, torso yeah. area is like this small, and he's got a big head. And he's just he's he's cartoonish looking almost, as if like you were gonna like draw a muscle guy like when you're 12 you know like you're making your own comics that's what nico price looks like he's like zero percent body fat and he's got a he's got a million kids too right um and then they spend him on man for smoking some reefer which real quick let's just talk let's talk about this for a second um the olympics are coming
0: here we go she's got pulled from the relay
1: the olympics are coming yep and i'm a I I love the Olympics. Um, I'm not a big fan of what's going on right now because this is going to be like the most woke Olympics ever. But normally, <laughs> anytime that the United States of America, America gets to compete on a world stage, your boy is – I'm there, man. I, I think I've even said it on the show before. Yes. Um, the last Olympics, like the commercials, like, dude, I'm oh, – yeah. I'm 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 teary eyed. I'm cutting onions in my in my house watching the commercials Walmart for the Olympics.
0: Steroids, dude. Yeah.
1: I mean, dude, seeing seeing any athlete win, stand up there, gold medal draped around their neck, flag, star spangled banner playing. Oh, I'm a I'm a mess. <laughs> I'm a freaking mess, bro. Every time, every time it happens, I'm like, my, my wife's like, we've won 24 medals so far. Are you gonna do this every time? And I'm like, yeah, every time. Like, I got to hydrate. I'm crying every time. Um, you know, I, I just I, – anyway, all that to say this. I'm excited for the Olympics. That being said, one of the places where we excel is we've got some fast-ass women, and they took Shakari Richardson off for smoking reefer. Can we please, at some point in time, preferably now, get past this? Like, can we not get past the fact – like, the, like the, the, cannabis – as a whole, is not a performance enhancing drug. It's not a performance enhancing drug. It doesn't do anything to help your performance at all. And here's the most asinine thing ever. You're talking about a runner who smokes. It's oxymoronic. Nobody cares about that. I just don't understand. And then you're going to tell her, no. Now, it's not a race thing. Everybody's trying to make it a race thing. It's not a race thing. It's a idiotic rule thing because don't forget people are oh michael phelps if michael phelps was black This that, it's not a race thing michael phelps was smoking pot off not like not two weeks prior or off a week prior kid. to the he's trial yeah it's off campus he's not it's a week it wasn't a week prior to the to the uh to the trials anytime oh ryan lochte you know said he was robbed and then he actually wasn't robbed Ryan Lochte should have been banned. I guess if you want to ban somebody for being a dumbass, sure, ban him for that. I don't care what you do with that. But to make to compare apples to apples here, the Michael Phelps situation and the Shakara Richardson situation are completely different. If you want to be upset about something, be upset about the fact that there's going to be a dude competing in the women's powerlifting from New Zealand. Shout out to New Zealand. I love you guys. We're number one there. We were number one there. We probably won't (laughs) be after this, but you guys got a dude competing with the women. That's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem.
0: And that's why we are officially sponsored by Game Up Nutrition. Uh, Nate Diaz's weed brand. Utilize the code punch and get yourself. Nah, I'm just joking.
1: (laughs) I was like, wait, what happened? You're breaking, breaking news to me. Um, (laughs)
0: Yeah, what are you yeah. getting that cheese bro?
1: <laughs> now, here's now here's the thing, right? So, um, Shikari knew the rules and she broke them. They should have let her run, though, 100%. She 100% broke the rules. Um, but in something like this, right, something like this, Dumb rules are still rules. Um, And when you get caught, you pay the price for it, right? We can acknowledge that. I mean, I speed, I I drive over the speed limit. I'm not reckless. I'm not an a-hole when I drive, but I drive over the speed limit. If I get pulled over and a cop says, you know, I pulled you over and my response is always the same. uh, Yeah, I know why you pulled me over. Just write me your ticket and let's go. Like we don't need to do any of this other thing. I don't give any time to that. Just you're, you're impeding me. Give me my ticket or let me go. I don't care. I'm not playing your game. Let me go shikari richardson same thing you broke the rules you smoked reefer it's a dumb rule but you got caught i haven't seen i haven't seen any statement from her is she upset about it is she is she crying fair foul indifferent no everybody else is doing it because you know what she probably knows I, i did see one thing she said i was i smoked because my something about her mom being sick and she wanted to medicate she had high anxiety come on man come on that's it that's it bro I, if you want to punish her, punish her, but something where you only get to compete once every four years and you take that away from her, working her whole life for that, and you take it from her because she felt like just smoked something to calm down because her mom's sick. Yeah, you broke a rule, but come on, man, that's some bullshit. That's some bullshit.
0: You know, you know who is 37 and
1: a 35. Yeah, I broke the rule, but it's bullshit.
0: Dude, you know who is high as shit? Who's that? Carlos Condit taking a fight against Max Griffin,
1: dude. No, Freaking. no, don't you try to bring me back on the rails here? Don't you try to bring <laughs> this back on the rails. All right. People's main event. Carlos Condit taking on Max Griffin. Two punch list alum getting after it here. Where I we're on opposite ends, so I'm just gonna go ahead and let you go, man. I, I will let you run wild, run free, do whatever it is that you want to do here. Do you want me to do you want me to sound the alarm?
0: Sound it, dude. Then I'll be off to the races. You sure? Yep. <sighs> Max Griffin has never looked better. better. <laughs> okay. He has never looked better. Dude, freaking knocking Ramirez's ear off into the freaking, I don't know, back row. Then he gets like 50K bonus on Canon's song. Dude, he's been looking amazing with his hands. But here's the thing, dude. Training at Team Alpha Male. Are what are Team Alpha Male guys? I'm sorry. Are they known for their hands?
1: Oh, no, team Alpha not. Male, shit, man. they're Gosh, not. The female, female they stuff, happen
0: man. to be known for what you believe is the most elite MMA trait to have, and that is called wrestling, dude.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now,
0: Carlos Condit, sure, he's he's been on a little win streak. Fought Matt Brown, decision. Guy's forty years old. Oh, fought Court McGee, decision. Dude's thirty six years old. About guys on the back end of their careers does not know how to negate the takedown. Never has known how to negate the takedown. He's a slice. Used to be the slicing guy, dice guy up in the clinch, dude. Freaking making things bloody. Not like that anymore. He's a point fighter now. Moves around the cage, and you have someone who possesses more power in their hands. Who's going to mix it up. Who's going to have better cardio. And it's just way more well-rounded. Carlos Condit looked good when he fought guys five years ago. He has not fought anyone that is truly of relevance right now. Max Griffin has been fighting the prospects. He has been mixing it up, and he has been showing the elevation in his game in every facet. Dude, minus 185 is not deep enough. Watch this thing get more into the minus 200s as fight gets closer.
1: This is hard for me because I like Max and I don't want to be disrespectful. Because there's great chance he's going to hear what I have to say.
0: I said, "The dude, Carlos, turn this on too." Sorry, Carlos. Still love you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I like your coffee.
1: Max Griffin's the garbage man. He wow. is a he's a blue collar worker that takes out the trash. The guys that the UFC isn't sure what to do with, the guys that the, 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 the UFC isn't sure whether they're gonna cut or keep and they wanna go ahead and test them or see them or get them the hell out of there, they feed them to Max Griffin. Not true. That is 100 percent true. And Max beats them and he sends them on their way, exactly as he should do. He is, he is a rightful, dutiful soldier that does exactly what the UFC brass wants him to do. He filters the wheat from the chaff and separates them adequately and lets them pe- lets people see an accurate metric of their skill set. That's what Max Griffin does. I'm sorry. All skill sets being equal, I think that Carlos Condit is a more skilled mixed martial artist. And when I look at fights and I look at the way styles make fights, I feel like I can feel Max getting mad here. Um, Yeah,
0: Yeah, rightly so.
1: I I feel like Carlos should be able to get this done. The only way that Max gets it done is if he comes out there and executes, as you call it, a team alpha male style wrestle heavy approach, which I don't think he will do. I don't think he's going to do that. I think he's going to want to show what he's been working on in the gym, and he's going to want to throw hands with Carlos Condit, which would be a freaking mistake. And we've seen Max get rocked before. Max is hittable. He's not, he's not Muhammad Ali. He's not out there like Tyson Fury moving his head around. He's not floating like a butterfly. When he hits you, it stings like a bee, but he doesn't float like a butterfly. At times, he's shown himself to be rather hittable. I think that Carlos Condit can hit him. Carlos Condit's stiff too. You I mean, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that. You know, Carlos Condit's out there being water. I don't think he's. I don't think he's Bruce Lee. But dude, I really feel. I don't know, man. I feel like Carlos gets this done. I know. I just this, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to mend this relationship with Max. But I feel like Carlos gets this done, man.
0: Dude, I, the whole taking out the trash thing, dude. That's what he is. That's a good thing. I mean, I meant it as
1: a compliment.
0: No, I understand, I understand your analogy or whatever it was, yeah. but dude, he's been on the wrong end. We've said this numerous times. We said it when he was on the show, He's been on the wrong end of split decisions, whether the Tiago Alves, the fight, the Alex Oliveira fight. He's been on the wrong end of quality competition losses, dude. Carlos Conant in his past two fights, prior to that, was the lengthiest layoff of all time, has not shown himself to fight quality competition, dude. Max Griffin has fought. Prospects call him trash, whatever. And then prior to that, he was cutting his teeth and losing controversial split decisions to absolute killers. Like, I mean, come on, dude. I
1: I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, it seems like they use him as the metric, right? Um uh whatever Brahmaj, right? Gone. Um Mike Perry's still around, Eric Montano, gone. But the guys that have beat him. Colby Covington, Dos Santos, Curtis Millender, um, but Millender's gone. He went PFL. Alves beat him, but he's gone. Uh, he went bare knuckle. But Morono and Alex Oliveira are all still around. So it's like they use Max as the as the garbage man, right? Like if we don't want you here anymore, we're going to let you go. And if we think that you're we think that you're talented, we're going to put you up against a guy like Max because he's very good at telling us where you're at. That's just, even in in his losses, he looks good. I'm not saying, like, he's not going out there and getting shut out by anybody. He's a very talented guy. But if Carlos Condit is going to stay in the UFC, he's got to beat Max Griffin. And if if Max Griffin beats Carlos, Carlos is gone, which is another bag of trash being taken and put in the dumpster. (laughs) He's not fighting cans, but he is taking, he is doing the dirty work. Like he's a grinder. He's the hitman. He's the ice. He's the dude with the ice pick and waiting for you in the shower. He's Carlos, the one getting his hands dirty for the UFC. He's right. taking out the ones that people that they don't want anymore.
0: Right. This is exactly that spot. Carlos, dude, I mean, you're talking about, I mean, fights dude, prior to the core McGee fight fight. He, he hadn't fought since 2018 and he was on a what four fight lose skid. Yeah. And then he fights two guys on the back end of their career. Like, and goes to decision with them. Sure. Max Griffin's been active, dude. The two fights he talked about before that was 2019, and 2020, and then most recent. So, like he's he's been active he's getting the reps and he switched camps he's got he's gotten exponentially better right i just don't understand how you can make a case for a guy on the back end of their career who's fought other guys in the back end of their career and hadn't fought prior to that till 2018 it just makes right. zero
1: sense but here's the thing though here look at listen to the argument you're making he lost four in a row took two years off and then won his last two fights what no, a jump. No, you
0: can't say that though because there was those weren't real fights dude
1: they were real fights you think court mcgee wasn't out there actively competing do you in think Matt Brown wasn't out there? Act-
0: competition, absolutely not.
1: Both of those gentlemen that you just mentioned are, are just won their last fight. Okay. So they're not they're not out there just to get their paycheck. So to your point, Carlos yeah, Condit. I mean, when
0: you're fighting Diego, Lina, Carlos dude, Condit
1: loses what four or five in a row. Has two years where he's nursing injuries and coming back. Comes back and wins his two fights that he that he was booked to come back to what other outcome would you expect from him? It's not, it's not up to him to determine the level of preparedness or execution of his opponents. It's on him to go out there and perform to the best of his abilities. And whether it's against Court McGee and Matt Brown or not, you cannot deny the fact that Carlos Condit looked vintage in his last two fights. He came out, he executed well, and he won with, with taking relatively no damage. which is exactly no which is exactly what you should do if you are a guy that was a former interim welterweight champ a guy that has beat the who's who the guy that was on the top five of the welterweight division for damn near a decade if you are carlos condit you should be able to lose four in a row take two years off and come back and beat court mcgee and matt brown handedly which is exactly what he did what other outcome do you want him to do like what else I want him to
0: do it decisively, dude. He did. He
1: washed them. He dude, washed it was them. By, it was by decision. He, and, again, washed them. He didn't lose a round.
0: Dude, and then you go on to say that those two guys had wins. Are you kidding me? Matt Brown against Diego Lima, that was the biggest, like, trash pickup of all times. And then who did who did Court McGee fight? He fought um, Claudio Silva, dude. <laughs> again. Trash. Dude.
1: Okay, agree to disagree. <laughs> agree to disagree here, man. I, I was- Max, dude, we love
0: you, man. Please get this done.
1: <laughs> Take out the trash. Oh man, I love listen. you, Carlos. Though, yeah, Carlos yeah. lost five in a row too. Not just four; he lost five. All right, I, I listen. I, I like both these guys a lot. Um, I think we have a better we have a better relationship with Max than we do Carlos. But I, I, you know, I have nothing but love and respect for Max. He knows that. We yeah. tell them all the time. So, uh, but objectively speaking, from a betting perspective, I like Carlos at plus one hundred and sixty, dude. That's that's a wonderful spot. It's freaking wonderful. Okay. All right. Let's run through this bout order. Gun to your head, winner loser. Okay. It's mm, all we're it. playing. It's not. It's not indicative of our official bet slip, which will be available on our Instagram on Saturday. But this is just right now, Tuesday night. Gun to your head. Who do you think wins a fight? Okay. Yeah. Hugh versus Amadorsky.
0: Uh, Amadovsky,
1: I'll go Amadovsky too. Z- uh, Zamagulov versus Rivera,
0: Zamagulov by KO. I'm
1: um, just win or lose. <laughs> Zamagulov, all right. Akhmedov, Brad Tavares,
0: Akhmedov.
1: I'm on Tavares. You're on Akhmedov. You're interesting. All right, Jennifer, Jennifer, Maya, Jessica, I, Maya by sub, mm, Jessica, I by decision, Trevin <laughs> Childs versus Driscus Duplessis.
0: I'm taking Trevin Giles. I don't want to take Trevin Giles.
1: Yeah, I'll get Giles, but I hate it. Taporia versus Hall. Hall by sub. Taporia. All right. Pereira versus Price.
0: Uh, Piera.
1: I'll go Pereira as well. Carlos Condit, Max Griffin.
0: Max Griffin.
1: Carlos Condit. Montino versus O'Malley. O'Malley. I'm on O'Malley as well. Kunitskaya Aldana.
0: Yana Kunitskaya.
1: I'm on Kunitskaya as well. Greg Hardy, tied to Ivasa.
0: I hate the man, but I'm taking Greg Hardy.
1: I'll go to Ivasa. Again, I just made a blood pact. All right, Stephen Thompson, Gilbert Burns. Wonder Boy. One Wonder Boy, but that's subject to change big time. (laughs) Dustin Poirier versus Conor McGregor. Oh,
0: I will be having some proper 12 and watching him ride off into the sunset that is Charles Oliveira and a new shiny belt. McGregor. McGregor. Hmm. The lights go, are gonna
1: to be too bright, dude. To I'll time. go. I'll, I'll go. Oh gosh, every fiber of my being says take Connor, but I can't. Poirier.
0: Oh, it's disgusting. I,
1: it's subject to change. Under two and a half is actually my 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 real play, but again, gun to gun to the head money line. Um. So yeah. Well, His yep. condit out wrestling and gas brown wasn't vintage condit. Uh, it's not Carlos's fault that Brown was gassed. So that that point is irrelevant. <laughs> Because Carlos no, is not man. responsible for the cardio of, of his opponents. Yes. That does that's irrelevant. that's a I, I love <laughs> you, but that's an irrelevant point because Car- erroneous on all counts. Erroneous because Carlos is not responsible for the cardio of Brown. So I don't <laughs> care that he out wrestled him. He should. He should out wrestle a gasp Brown. If he didn't, then I would say that yeah, you you have a problem here. So again, <laughs> I you can't tell me anything here. So anyway. All right. If you don't already do so, follow us on all social media channels at punchless MMA. Go to punchless MMA uh, and use, or yeah, don't just follow us at punchless MMA everywhere. I'm getting everything mixed up here. Uh, We're there everywhere. Instagram, Twitter, email, whatever. If you want to support the show, the best way to support the show is by supporting our show sponsors. You can go to stay classy meets, use promo code fist and save 10% or you can go to allegiance clothing and uh, use promo code punch and save 15% site wide Trey. I'm holding your feet to the fire here because you're dodging my text messages and Roy who allegiance is his baby is in here. I'm holding your feet to the fire Mm -hmm. in front of God and country. Are you going to send Roy a design for a t-shirt so we can get freaking t-shirts out to these people?
0: Maybe I'm a wild card, dude. I'm a trailblazer. Send him a freaking design. Okay. All right. I'm sorry.
1: Let's do it. Let's get it done. (laughs) Let's freaking get it done. Um, but yeah, shout out to Allegiance Clothing and uh, shout out to Tombstone Taylor Johnson. Appreciate you winning on Bell Tour the other day and making everybody look good. Anything else? You got anything else for the people?
0: Uh, no, besides the fact that make sure if Ty Tubasa does win, guys, do a shoey, tag Punchless MMA, send it to us in a DM, and you have an opportunity to win big, dude.
1: Yeah. So, like I said, we're going to have, we'll, we'll take the videos, we'll compile them together, we'll have everybody vote on it. The person that receives the most votes, we will send you a limited edition punchless t-shirt that is no longer in circulation and we'll buy you a six or a beer, whatever you want. And I'm not talking about no cheap Modelo like Trey stocks his beer fridge with. I'm talking about some triple IPA, whatever craft beer sour, whatever kind of shit you guys are into. Um, you can have whatever you want, man. It's on us. So uh, just if if Titesweave also wins, do a shoey, send it to us, email, Twitter instagram doesn't matter let us know um also i guess we're on facebook too which i keep forgetting we're on facebook i I don't know i don't don't know know. my grandma always says she sees our stuff on facebook so
0: that's cool well
1: well, until (laughs) some of the stuff we post but all right talk to you guys uh this week and this weekend and then are you gonna drink beers with me on friday night talk about weigh-ins or no
0: i'm a i'm a peacock dude let me fly and i say bye-bye and i will drink with you on friday
1: excellent all right we'll see you then all right guys be good to each other we'll see you